0: the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment
1: you're listening to wrestling to the max alert alert clear wrong channels this is an exclusive how you like that John Garmer and Paul Dieser.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max's NXT Takeover War Games review for 2017. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And hey, don't forget to go hit that subscribe button over at Wrestling of the Max. That'll get you all our great review shows, pro are Also, our regular episodes of Wrestling of the Max. There's so much content there. Also, you can go check out the W2M Network, another great place to go subscribe, rate, and review. Because if you do that, you'll get everything over there at the W2Mnet.com podcasting family, and you're not going to want to miss a minute of the action at all. Trust me, guys. Hey, and also give us some big love over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com, both great supporters of ours, and we want to give them a shout-out too. I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me tonight... Is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And tonight we are not with Paul uh, because Paul was live in Houston when War Games was there. And so he got a chance to be a part of that. He stayed and, you know... Did the Survivor Series thing too, so he is not going to be here with us. But that's okay. Me and Sean are going to nail this thing down and get into some great kind of conversations and just have a good time talking about NXT War Games. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. But just you know, make sure you guys knew Paul didn't fall off the face of the earth or anything. He just had a big weekend and uh, he's not. He's probably not even in town yet. He may. I don't even know if he stayed the night in Houston. Who knows. Uh, But, yeah, Sean, here we are, and we are ready to talk about this NXT, right? Are you ready to do this, man?
1: Yeah, let's get it going.
0: All right, buddy. Well, let's start out by talking about the first match on the card, and the match that we are jumping into right now is Cassius Ono facing Lars Sullivan. And this is one that I think a lot of us were kind of interested in because Cassius Ono, of course, you know, He's a decorated veteran. He's a guy that's been around for quite a while and a really honest, a, a re- reliable competitor. Uh, somebody who you can depend on to really give you a good match to be one of the stronger competitors for anybody on the NXT roster. Going against a guy that has basically ran through anyone putting his path in Lars Sullivan. So uh, we get a match here that I think... Pretty solid. I really enjoyed what we got here. Uh, Cassius Ono got some good offense in, and just could not overcome the strength and the brutality that Lars Sullivan had in store for him. So in the end, here we do have Lars Sullivan hitting the freak accident to get the one-two-three victory. But, I mean Sean, I mean, what did you think about the match, and how did you think that Lars fared against a guy that is, uh, you know, a pretty decent competitor?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought this was what it was supposed to be, right? Lars comes in and takes out Cassius Ono very easily. Uh, doesn't, you know, Ono fights back, but it's it really was more like you had some hope spots for Ono, but this, this was like what a lot of people sometimes want out of other people who debut, right? Uh, you know, we see a lot of these... NXT roster debuts onto the main roster and they don't dominate right away or something like that. And people complain and you know, on NXT we, we see that too. Like sometimes we'll get squash matches for the guys that are showing up. And sometimes they, they have like more 50, 50 matches or whatever. And I think for Lars, a guy that's meant to be a monster to meant to throw you around, that kind of thing. I think this worked. And Ono, you know, took the fall for him and and I, I think you put uh, on his debut on a on an NXT takeover. This helped Lars a lot. So let's see what happens from here. But I think you got what you won out of it. You got some the big power spots from Lars and Ono fought back just enough to make it i guess keep it interesting and Lars eventually wins.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you got something here because, you know, for the most part, Lars Sullivan was that guy that we've seen in weeks past. But you have a chance to also see him go against a guy that's going to get more offense than a lot of the other guys he's faced before this. And so I was really curious to see how he would be on the defense and how he would fare, you know. I think he did a really good job. I think that he sold pretty well, and I think he gave us a chance to see him a little bit vulnerable compared to what he has been against other guys. But you're right. I mean, it really was the story of Lars Sullivan and his dominance and how powerful he is. So going forward, I expect to see more of this. I think that he's a guy that to really watch out for. I'm going to be watching out for something else. It may not be Lars Sullivan so much because I think he's going to kind of do this whole dominant thing for a little bit here. But Cassius Ono is the big question mark for me because we've seen him kind of go to the streak of not being successful and not really getting things done. It really leads me to believe that we may be seeing Cassius Ono take that turn to the dark side because of frustration and the fact that he's not accomplished the goals he's wanted to since he's joined NXT again.
1: We'll see, right? He's is like a, you know player coach right now. Uh, I don't. I think he came in with full understanding that he was not gonna be one of the indie guys that you're building NXT around. He's a name that you can use to sell the, for the house shows, but I think he wouldn't have taken this role. And I don't think WWE would have offered him this role if it was only to come back to be, you know, a superstar or whatever. I think he knew full and well that this is what he was going to be doing, was he was going to be jobbing to the guys that they have uh, something for and that there was going to be talent that he might be able to get wins over and stuff like that and kind of be kept in the mid-card if they ever need somebody in case somebody gets hurt, but I think that was going to be about it. So you know, I know where you know you're saying you're worried about him. Maybe he becomes another one of these guys that okay, I want to leave now or or whatever. But I don't think you're. Worried. I would worry more about that with uh, Tommy or something like that than mm-hmm. than Ono, who's I think he's he's kind of done everything he's going to do.
0: Yeah, and, and no, I you know, and I think maybe I understand where you're coming from. I would really meant on a heel turn, yeah, going to uh, to be a heel.
1: I mean, yeah, he he could very well. I think you're still going to have that fan base that's going to cheer for him, right? Just mm-hmm. because of who he is and uh, being there before and all that. I, we'll see. I think it makes sense here with how he got beat and all that, but. It may not happen right away either.
0: Yeah, yeah. if it does happen, it'll probably be a little bit more slower burn than just immediately turning to that heel. But, I, you know, I think you're on to the fact that, you know, Cassius is that player coach. And I've kind of said it weeks past on our NXT reviews that he's definitely a great hand. He's a guy that you can have, you know, for this reason, to build up some of these guys that they want to see what they can get out of him. They wanted to see what they could get out of Lars Sullivan. Can he go up against a guy that is uh, you know, reputable, someone that has had all the experience, who can do it, who can do it at the highest level? And I think they kind of showcase that he can a little bit here. Maybe not have been perfect, but I think Lars Sullivan had a pretty nice match for himself here, and I'm happy with it. Let's talk about the Velveteen Dream taking on Alistair Black. And this is a match that was really kind of interesting as we built it. And you see the flamboyant, just kind of uh, almost, I don't want to say silly, but just very out there Velveteen Dream take on this dark character, kind of, you know, sinister gothic in Alistair Black. And the comparison to each other, is kind of you know it's definitely night and day but in this match we get a lot of interesting things to take place sean we get a match that velveteen dream continually taunts alistair black throughout the entire match is able to get some really good offense against a guy that i didn't know that he would get very close to very often but he definitely got some holds in he took some really uh big chances in this match to get some things going for himself Alistair Black almost seemed kind of out of his element sometimes in this one. So it was kind of fun to see. I love, love, love the taunt where you have Alistair Black sitting there cross-legged and then you have Velveteen Dream do the same exact thing. And then Alistair Black does the lay on his stomach thing that you have Velveteen Dream do. It was so cool. I'm sorry. It was kind of funny to see.
1: Yeah, the crowd really got into that uh, spot as well. (laughs)
0: it's just so funny to see them share their taunts, just kind of doing it at each other. Uh, But yeah, this was, you know, I'll be honest with you, Sean, very entertaining to the end. I was really happy to see Velveteen Dream, make me care more about him. It it definitely worked in this match. Aleister Black does win and does get the victory. But I I think really, to be honest with you, I don't think there was a loser here. I think Velveteen Dream sold himself pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah. This was uh, perhaps in the running for the best match on the show, amazingly, with it only be a 15-minute match. And, and these, what, that's, you know, what you just said, what surprised me, was that this was all about Velveteen Dream wanting to put himself on the map. He wanted Black to say his name. He wanted him to be known, I guess, to the locker room. Right, uh, you know, you could take that as a metaphor for Alistair Black being in the locker room and not wanting to give him any credit right now, whereas the crowd is certainly doing that, and they were doing that throughout this match, uh, with uh, him getting, you know, the Big Near Falls with the, the rolling Death Valley Driver that he counters off Black, that like nasty looking like Sister Abigail move that he he did as well, uh, the. You know he he got some really good near falls of the one with the super kick that he counters that was really good too and black of course is always consistent always really good that spot that you talked about gary was i think is one of the ones we're going to remember from that but what counts the most is i think a lot of people were he's been getting better as time goes on right but even when you guys started Covering NXT with Velveteen Dream, you're making fun of Velveteen Dream, saying ah, it's just another dumb character. It's not gonna go anywhere. And here he is. Now it's, I think he got to be behind him because he certainly proved himself that he's not just some, it's some dumb gimmick that they gave the last Tough Enough guy that's there. He really wants to be something. And I think by the time you got done watching this match, you're like, gotta give this dude credit. He's, he's really come on.
0: You're you're exactly right, and the funny thing is, is I, I was that guy, and I uh, basically made fun of this character. I really just I had a lot of disgust for it. I just didn't really care for it. I thought it was goofy. Paul, on the other hand, was give it time. You got to give it time. You got to let it flourish. You got to let it, you know, take what it needs to do to take time to get it there to where where we're actually going to like it. And I wasn't ready to do that, and it finally happened and the one thing too i will say sean and this kind of has to give this guy a lot of credit credit i was watching the velveteen dream in this match and i thought to myself man you kind of hurt dalton castle's chances of joining nxt now because you're doing some of the same things that he likes to do with his character and you're doing it really well, so it's not like this guy can walk into the company now and do the same things because you're kind of doing it already. And if you're doing it this good, Dalton Castle will have to change his gimmick just to get into NXT. Uh, so I
1: think people will love it just to see both of them go against each other. Yeah,
0: um, you could be right.
1: But I think Keep will know Dalton Castle enough that he shows up. You know, he's gonna get a reaction.
0: Mm-hmm. And that may be way down the line, but you're right, Sean. That that would be kind of fun, you know, two guys very flamboyant, kind of <laughs> facing off against each other. It, it it would definitely make sparks happen. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, this is one of those matches where I am very very happy, and it's because I felt like no one really lost. And, and Velveteen Dream once again, he did win. This guy won for the fact of. After that Black Mask may have taken him out, what gave him the victory, at least morally, was that you had Aleister Black actually say, enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. So he said his name, Sean. He actually did say his name. So that gave him a little bit of a a victory, I'll say. So. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, like I said, that was a really great match. Let's talk about another match. And I, was, and I it was, also got go it,
1: you know, mm-hmm. for as popular as Alistair Black is, the crowd was really behind Velveteen Dreams.
0: Yeah, you're.
1: Yeah. Was,
0: that, those those chants were pretty loud. I, and I'm really kind of curious what Paul has to say when he gets back. And, and we'll probably cover this on our episode one of. I think our,
1: that goes back to the whole he proved himself during the match, so the the fans were rewarding him for that.
0: mm Hmm. Oh yeah, I think you're right. So I, you know, I, people check out wrestling in the max uh, this week on Monday. Of course, Tuesday on the download. I'm sure Paul will give us some behind the scenes stuff with the crowd because the crowd on TV was amazing. And and doing the Velveteen Dream chance that was really cool. But uh, I'm just kind of curious when he was there live, how that all worked out. So, but I, this is definitely a plus for Velveteen Dream. He's gonna, you know, hopefully take this and run with it. So. Let's talk about the next match we have here on the card. Let's talk about the Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Women's Championship. And this was one that you had some really good competitors. You had, of course, Peyton Royce involved, Ember Moon. You had Kyrie Sane and Nikki Cross all going at it to see who would be the next NXT Women's Champion And I'll be honest with you, Sean, everybody in this match really got their stuff going and and got a lot in. I think, you know, there are so many chances for each of these competitors to be victorious. I mean, I could go to the gambit of different finishes we could have had here. Uh, But in the end, we had Ember Moon hit the... um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, the Eclipse. <laughs> the eclipse. <laughs> Why can I? I can't believe I was forgetting the Eclipse. Anyway, she hits the Eclipse on Peyton Royce and Nikki Cross both at the same time, pretty much, and gets the victory. But that was not the only chance we could have saw a you know end to this match. But it, it, you got to be happy for you know Ember Moon. This has been a long time coming. She's tried and tried to get that NXT Women's Championship, and she finally has it in her grasp.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly. I, I thought they might do a uh, a loser's-type angle with her and have a Sane win again, but I think this is uh, totally deserved for her. You know, she took Oscar to the limit twice and didn't get to do it. Oscar was there to hand her the title and, you know, celebrate with her there, which I thought was a nice touch. But I think what was great about this match is, or, well, I mean, th- this match was really good And what made it work is that, you know, you didn't just go to the whole triple threat or fatal four way or whatever formula. They tried to keep everybody in the ranch for the most part. You had them constantly having a bunch of action. Uh, You had dives. You had the big uh, multiple person spots, all that stuff. Like the stuff you like to see in these that really keeps you engaged and uh, I just – I love the finish as well with everybody kind of getting to hit something, uh, the double eclipse, and uh, then, you know, uh, just absolute uh, great stuff for, for all everybody involved, a really good 10 minutes, and Ember and Moon's your champion now, so – but I don't think that one was – too unexpected I think you could have gone various ways in fact nobody picked uh, Ember in our roundtable. was Nikki Cross and I think uh, Kyrie Sane is everybody else had picked so it's interesting because they went from a match where you always had the idea that Ember could win to one right after this where you're going there's no way that they're going to change the title here so it's it's really good how they've, they've booked this show as well.
0: It really was. You're exactly right. And, you know, this is something that I think people were thinking, and that was they're going to go the, exactly the opposite way of what we're thinking. And that may have been the case, may not have been the case, but I think with a lot of those people, like you mentioned, Nikki Cross and... Kyrie Sane, those are some names you thought were going to steal that championship away, and you're going to have this big storyline. Going off of what you kind of mentioned, too, the Ember Moon is yet to reach that pinnacle, and she's still battling to get it. And then, of course, you have someone like Peyton Royce, who is just kind of on the outside looking in a lot of times when it comes to the NXT Women's Championship. But I think in the end, Ember Moon was the right choice for the fact that now... You know, she can take on all three of these women at some other point and have these singles matches that I think are going to be real great. And I think you're going to have a, a really kind of a great time showcasing this title with someone who is considered one of the bigger baby faces, I'll say, in NXT right now when it comes to the women's division. Ember Moon is, you know, well deserving. She definitely did a good job and she's worked really hard to get this. So, I have no problems with her getting the title. But I, I think there would have been some great opportunities if we could have seen someone like Nikki Cross or even Peyton Royce hold the title. It would be really fun to see what they would do with it, you know. And Kyrie Sane as well. Uh, but Kyrie Sane, you would have a little bit more back going back to what you had with Oscar where language barrier would have been a little bit there, you would have had some disconnect at times with that. Wouldn't have been bad. I'm just I think saying you would wouldn't. have
1: also seen it as more of the same.
0: Yes, that well. that's exactly
1: hmm.
0: Yeah, you're right. So I, I think this is a good choice. I have no problem with Ember Moon and we'll see how it continues to grow uh, when it comes to her having new opponents and people coming in and out to to take her on for that NXT Women's Championship. So really happy with that. Let's talk Drew McIntyre and Cien Almas. And let's get into this one, because this one was a battle for the NXT Championship. And boy, Sean, everything was going on in this match. You had so many false finishes. You even had Zelina get in on the action a little bit there too. So everything was throwing at Drew McIntyre. He had a time of it, but he could just not hold on. It was just too much, despite the fact that he powered out a lot in this match. Almost became too much with all the distractions and everything that took place here. You got seen almost as your new NXT champion. I I didn't really see this coming, Sean. I really felt like Drew was going to keep the title.
1: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. People were complaining. I, I saw before the show and before the match even started, like, "Oh, this is going to be a win for McIntyre," and and then uh, almost would just go right back to the bottom and and all this stuff. And it, it won't be, you know, it won't be a big deal. And they. And throughout the match, I think what was important too is I forgot to mention and I, I meant to is that it was good that Billy Kay went to the back uh, for Peyton Voice to make her feel like she's doing this by herself because you have a lot of interference here by uh, Zelina. So it kind of evens it out. You didn't have any interference in the women's title match, but you knew you were going to get it here uh, with Vega because she's been the important part. Of what's made Andrade Almas this sort of have this new vigor inside of him since he's, you know, he's come over here. We always had that feeling of, oh, God, this doesn't feel like him at all. He, he's he got the Los Angeles stuff, but it feels very, you know, shallow or hollow, like he's just doing it to do it. You know, even though he is the one that origin, one of the originators. I'm not saying it because there's a lot of people on on Twitter that were also complaining that he's, you know, copying Naito and all that stuff. All well, you know, he was doing it before Naito was doing it. But uh, the point is that it feels like it all connects now. He feels like a different guy now that she's appeared and really put life back into him. You know, she can talk for him. Uh, she has that like that pit bull mentality of I'm going to get the guy first. And even at the beginning, you saw that with where he has to move her out of the way to do the stare down with McIntyre. And then, you know, they, they went for it in this match. I mean, they were hitting hard, uh, just big moves. Uh, I really just enjoyed this match. I mean, the, the, it's a great match, uh, to follow and, uh, just a string of really good matches on this show. And, Uh, They had some really good near falls, as you talked about, Gary. Uh, The Claymore with her putting the foot on the rope was, you know, classic heel tactics, but it worked in this scenario. And then, you know, for uh, Vega to get involved and then almost eventually hits the DDT, which uh, we have an injury to report Drew McIntyre towards Bicep. So he's (sighs) going to be out for a while uh they had nothing to do with the finish it was always going to be Andrade almost winning but yeah he got hurt on that last that big uh super DT that almost did to get the win
0: yeah that's a really big shame Drew McIntyre has been such a great addition to NXT he's been a lot of fun to watch ah just not having him kind of stinks but hey I mean now he'll go and started getting rehab and all that stuff and we'll continue on. And, uh, I'm sure Adam Cole will have a lot to say eventually about taking on CN Almas for that title, but we'll see, you know, I think we're going to have some fun. I think it's going to be really kind of cool. If you ask me to see Zelina holding that title around her, you know, shoulder and, you know, basically being the mouthpiece for seeing Almas I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think, Despite the fact that we don't have Drew McIntyre around, I, I think we're, the run we're going to have with these two is going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, But yeah, I mean, uh, once again, I mean, you got to give them credit. Those guys gave all of what they had in that match. So one of my favorite ones to watch. Let's talk about War Games. Now, this is the big match that people were talking about, really excited to see. One of the biggest reasons I'm jealous of Paul because of the fact he got to see this live and in person. Um, But this is a match where we had, starting out, Adam Cole, Eric Young, and Roderick Strong, all representing their teams. And, boy, they got this thing going, and they got it going quick. Uh, They had... Uh, you know, pretty much a, a lot of even kill back and forth. You even had Adam Cole acting like he's going to leave the ring <laughs> several I mean, mean the, the cage, climb over the cage. And, of course, in the rules, if you leave the cage, you hit the floor, your team's eliminated. So, I, you know, trying to be like a cat and escape and just hang out on top didn't always work out for Adam Cole. Um, but we had a pretty good back and forth between those guys and the triple threat until – The Undisputed Era had their cage open first, and you had, of course, the both guys come down, which is, you know, I like, you know, still call by their enemy name, Red Dragon, but, of course, it's Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And they came down and really took control of this match and helped Adam Cole get, you know— rid of Roderick Strong and, of course, Eric Young for a little bit here until the Authors of Pain were let out of their cage, and things really started to heat up in this match. And it was a pretty big mess and just a lots of crazy, chaotic things going on. But trust me, it doesn't end there. The war gets even hotter when we have the guys from Sanity calm down, Alexander Wolfe and – well. um uh, I always want to call him Damo. That's not his name anymore. Killian Dane. Killian Dane. I still can't get it, Sean. Still want to call him Damo. I apologize, people. Uh, Killian Dane. <laughs> no, I just love the name. Anyway, so what's, what's great about this? So we have all the chaos going on, but this is what I really found interesting. Now we have all the guys involved. Alexander Wolf gets involved in this match, Sean, and you start to see him take control. He's really just kind of going one by one through guys and just taking them down. And the whole time this is going on, you've got Killian Dane throwing chairs in the ring, uh, kendo sticks, all the weapons you can think throwing of.
1: Chain in there.
0: A chain, trash cans, we haven't seen those in a while, and finally tables because the crowd wants them. So we get tables involved too. Everything under the sun is now in the ring. All the opponents are in and the competitors are going at it like crazy. This becomes uh, just this giant war, just like its title And and boy, Sean, it was a blast to watch to see all these different spots. They used the tables. Uh, They had the big power bomb spots where they had all the guys taking each other out, except Adam Cole sitting between the two rings. Uh, Just so much stuff here. And it, it was just a blast to watch. The the finale here was not what we thought. I think a lot of people, including myself, thought there was going to be some shenanigans when it comes to maybe the Undisputed Era, adding their own new members to this match to kind of get their victory. No, they didn't do that. Adam Cole basically uses a kendo stick, hits the back of Eric Young. He falls down and, you know, gets him loopy. And then he uses the chair to get the knee in and win this match. And he, Adam Cole pins eric young and takes war games home and gets the victory for the undisputed era clean if if you call it clean you know of course they use chairs and stuff but it's a war um there's a lot here sean i can't go through every single thing i know you won't either but there were so many great spots it was a lot of fun to watch this this really kind of reached the expectations that i wanted I, i don't think it went over my expectations but it at least reached the ones that i had in mind
1: yeah, I think certainly, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, look, this is. I think if you go in with the understanding of, okay, this is WWE's version of War Games, this is not the same War Games that, you know, you can go watch on the network right now. If you just go with that understanding and just take it for what it was, this was a great match, a great main event, something that delivers on its own merits. You have three teams that go out there and each have their own uh, purpose. Uh, The double ring thing was great here because you had the spot with uh, the authors of pain just throwing somebody onto a pile of other people. Uh, The open cage allowed for you to have the big spot towards the end with the Adam Cole getting on the top and then Roderick Strong. Getting up there, I thought he was going to try to do that like super backbreaker thing off of there, and I was like, "Oh my Ooh. god, please don't do, please don't <laughs> yeah. do that." And then he just does a big superplex, and then everybody gets in the way so that they don't fall right on the ring and die, you know. And it was uh, it was amazing. The Van Terminator by uh, the the you know Killian Dane, which that that's going to be the ones that y- you have to. Uh, you're going to remember Alexander Wolf germaning authors of pain uh, through the tables. That was sick. You know, it's just, there was a lot of great stuff, Uh, double tower dooms. I mean, for everything that they had in there, you got to give them credit. And just, uh, I, I, I loved it from, from every Avenue, everybody delivered. You got a lot of Adam Cole, baby, in there as well, which, you know, always makes for a great time, and hey, you knew Undisputed Era was going to win, but they really made you have to work for that, It's it's whether it was going to be them or the Authors of Pain and and Roddy, and you know, with a lot of people thinking that maybe Roddy was going to turn and join, that didn't happen, so I guess they're saving the Donovan Dijak appearance for the tapings.
0: Yeah, probably so. Uh, And that to me, you know, uh, you know, yeah, to me, it spells out they want to make their NXT taping special. They want to have something that's a big moment on those shows, not just give it all away on your biggest show and take over. So, and that's fine. Uh, You need those tapings to work out well and people to care when they're watching those too. So, really happy about that. You know, the Undisputed Era does win. We kind of expected it, and I have no problem with that. They did a pretty good job for what they were you know, asked to do. I I will say this. I think Sanity definitely got some brownie points in my book because they came in looking strong. They felt like they mattered again. It's been a while. Really, lately, they haven't exactly felt like the Sanity we once knew. So this match did them some favors, I think. I think the authors of pain are always going to be scary. They're always going to be dominant. You're always going to be worried about them. Didn't really need anything extra from them, but I will say thank you uh, to NXT for <laughs> allowing Sanity to do something great again because it feels like too long. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what a great war games. It's just so much fun. Well, I just encourage everyone out there, you're listening to this, and maybe you didn't get a chance to watch it. It is a really it. long
1: match, though. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's about 35 minutes.
0: Yeah, it is. But, uh, hey, you know what? It didn't feel like 35 minutes. It really didn't, Sean. Not at least to me.
1: No, it, I know it just... I didn't either, but I'm – for me either i'm just i'm just letting people know
0: yeah no fair enough Uh, yeah mm -hmm.
1: go ahead well no i was just i was gonna say i think there's still a lot of people hung up on the whole it didn't have a roof and all that stuff and just
0: Uh, i
1: think you really need to just give this its own look at it through its own eyes and say this is a something that's that's well worth your time. It was great. Everybody went out there and delivered and just, you need to watch it.
0: Exactly. I Trust me. I'm a big WCW fan. Anyone who knows this show and listens to me, they know I love WCW. It would have been fine to have the cage top, but I didn't need it. It it didn't change anything here. And I don't think it would really would have affected too much anyway. So let's just move past that and let's just enjoy what we got and just be happy. War games happened. (laughs) So exactly. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean Sean, uh, pretty much, I mean, like I said, great war games. Now we gotta put a nice ribbon and kind of give this show a you know point system and what do you think it deserved?
1: I'm gonna say about an eight point five. Had the women's match been great, like one of the you know, more memorable women's matches. I think I would have definitely gone nine or above and say this isn't the top echelon with the great NXT takeovers. But again, look, every time I've said this, I don't know how many times running, but every single time there is an NXT takeover, this card could look like absolute dog crap. And they somehow rise to the occasion and have two or three stellar standout matches that you're talking about after it's over. And they once again do that here. The Velveteen Dream and Hours to Black, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be as good as it was. And it certainly delivered in all facets. And, you know, you knew. I think everybody knew the Games would deliver, but there was still some apprehension towards it because it didn't follow the rules and it didn't uh, have the roof and all the other things you wanted to throw at it. The McIntyre Almas, I think not only the surprise of almost winning, but that match was really damn good too. So it cemented the decision to have Selena there, and what she's done for him, and uh, Lars. I think got what you needed out of him in that opener as well. So, yeah, just if you know, be a little, being a little bit nitpicky, but still, 8.5 is nothing to scoff at. It's that means it's a really damn good show, and you need to watch it.
0: Well, yeah, I agree, and I I gave it an 8, and I think this is one of those matches, uh, and, you know, what I'm going to talk about, that you really just have to understand it puts it over the top, and that is the main event, that War Games match. It, it just puts things way over the top for some of the other matches that were good. But it, this one really did a lot and really helped this show. I think the other matches did fine. I think they did, you know, a great job of making Lars look great. He did his, you know, did what he needed to do to get that job done. And Drew McIntyre, man, even got injured, uh, but put a lot on the line against Almas. Those guys really put on a great show, along with Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream, who kind of stole the show in a way compared to maybe even that War Games match at the end so that was good and of course the women they did their thing and i think that they really made everyone proud because they you know could have came out there and just did a regular nxt style match and nothing else no they really put a little extra into this one so great show really happy with war games i sure hope they make this a situation where this isn't the last time we'll see it i hope you know they'll do it again and really give us another great showing of it. So I was really happy. I hope you guys, uh, if you haven't seen it, do go check it out and watch it because it is worth every minute of your time. Trust us. So, And, of course, like I said before, if you want to come and find out someone who actually was there, live and in person, come check out Wrestling to the Max this week. We will get into it, and Sean and uh, me and Paul will all get back into a little bit of this talk. It'll just basically be about being there live, not about the matches, but just about being there live. So. Uh, But yeah, uh, we are out of here. We appreciate you all for joining us tonight. Make sure you go check out W2Mnet.com, that place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more, guys. Don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling to the Max. It'll get you this show, all the other review shows, and all the Wrestling to the Max episodes you can handle. Also, don't forget, big love over to 4womanmania.com and last one on prowrestling.com. Thank you to them for everything they do for us and supporting us. And uh, once again, I am your host, Gary Vaughn. And you know uh, for Sean Garmer, we are out of here. See you later, guys.
1: The following podcast is a W2M Network
0: original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.